It's Thursday, the 11th of March. Welcome to our afternoon sport deep dive. I'm Tim Gilbert. Shane Lee, you can smell the liniment. You can smell the danker up. The footy's back tonight. Mate, the footy season is here, mate. I'm going to put my mouth guard on. I'm going to give myself a nice cold beer and sit in front of the TV and watch the footy. <laughs> That's going to be very interesting to watch you and the mouth guard <laughs> and the beer. But just something that... And my, and my boots on and my boots on. <laughs> can you take some photos and send to us? <laughs> but there is a winner and a loser, of course, a footy starter. But you can be a winner here with our podcast. And it's uh, Cricket Bat signed, a Spartan Cricket Bat signed by Chris Gale. And what you do is you go to Apple, you look at our podcast, you do a review, take a screenshot of your review, post it on Twitter, but make sure when you send the tweet, you tag Afternoon Sport and we will pick the best response and you will have that Cricket Bat if you are that lucky person. But we've got a huge show today as well. The head of the New South Wales Rugby League, David Trodden, is with us today. Jaslyn Hewitt and Corey McKernan. We're not far away from the AFL. Cameron Smith, he has finally retired, Shane. It's been quite a saga. It's been a, a long, 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 bold and a beautiful-like episode, this one. Yeah, he must have been waiting for his bronze statue to be um, displayed. But look, what a great career. As much as I hate him as a New South Welshman, he's a, an absolute winner. Um, played the most games, 400 games uh, in the NRL. The most points, the most goals kicked and... Uh, yeah, super player, always uh, stood up for the team and um, was one of those guys you could never underestimate and he, um, he hung in there for a long time and he finally told us what he's going to do. So he's going to retire, which is good. Yeah, it's, uh, he certainly polarised. Uh, you either loved him or you hated him, but he was a fantastic player. What about the competition? All starts tonight, of course, and I think that you know we can see a bit of normalisation. Crowds aren't back to 100%, but Melbourne are back playing in Melbourne and they're playing South Sydney. That's how it starts. And uh, look, I know for one, I'm excited. It, uh, you know, there, There's a bit of a blank zone, is there, in the world of sport for a few weeks of sitting on the couch watching stuff? Yeah, there is, and uh, it's normally the time of year when you, we we turn our focus to a bit of racing. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think I think everyone's happy to see footy back and uh, front and centre, and um, a new year uh, with some really really interesting stuff going on around the fringes. So I think everyone's really really keen to see the first ball kicked in anger tonight. Yeah, yeah, my focus is on racing as well. Of course, uh, Longines Ladies Day this week and the Golden Slip of the following week. What do you tend to What do you tend to eat on the couch when you're watching the footy? Do you uh, do you get in up and make one of your your lovely soups or uh, is it hot dogs at 10 paces is it what happens at the lee household well it depends on how well the dragons are playing mate it's going to be very very frustrating i end up throwing a bag of chips at the at the tv half the time (laughs) (laughs) i reckon they'll be better this year i think they'll i think they'll do a bit better now steve smith this elbow it's a worry it's 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 just been one of those things that's nagged along yeah it's a funny one and knowing steve smith how much he practices it's going to be hard for this thing to actually mend. So no one's actually said exactly what it is at the moment, but it's obviously nagging. Um, he probably won't play another game uh, domestically until the IPL, um, although he he's had about a $2.1 million pay cut for this year, but he still pick up 400000 US uh, for his efforts. But, um, yeah, the, I could just see him trying to shadow bat the whole night in his, in his uh, hotel room, and, and his poor elbow's giving him, giving him a bit of a pain so yeah watch your space see how that goes yeah well it's international or was international women's day on monday we're just about to be joined by jaslyn hewitt not just to talk tennis but to tell us about her love of rugby league which starts tonight and uh i know we divert slightly away from sport but if we look at one of those really 
successful people through the pandemic, someone that's led with such distinction, Gladys Berejiklian, and you've got her on Lunch with Lee. Yep, she's on my Lunch with Lee podcast today with uh, the former NRL boss, uh, Todd Greenberg. And uh, look, I'm really, really excited. She's been a fantastic leader um, through this pandemic, as you said. So I'm really looking forward to breaking bread with uh, with the Premier today. All right, can you just find out what sport she loves? And uh, we'll get her on Afternoon Sport and uh, dissect her love of whatever it is. I think she's a keen golfer, Timmy. Keen golfer, okay. All right, yes. I might have to slow down my swing. I'll um, hopefully we'll talk to Gladys. We'll look forward to lunch with Lee. But uh, with no further ado, she loves her rugby league. Of course, Rob Shahady, her husband's a big Parramatta fan. Jaslyn Hewitt, how are you? I'm great. Bit excited tonight. The footy starting. The footy starts. Jazz, I believe you're a Parramatta Eel supporter. Was is that? been a lifelong thing or have you been persuaded to support this team? No, definitely learnt to love the game of league uh, coming from Adelaide, but yeah. definitely Adelaide Crows supporters. Um, however, no, my husband Rob is a massive uh, Parramatta Eels supporter. So, mm-hmm. no, been dragged onto uh, the Parramatta bandwagon. I think I have to get him on the show tomorrow. I'll have to get Rob Shahady on the show tomorrow to tell us about his love of Parramatta and rugby league because he's one of the, the great rugby league fans, of course. He's a, he's one of Australia's top comedians and uh, actually played Australian schoolboys in rugby union, so he had a bit of ability himself. But Ken Parramatta, Jazz, I know that you've become a real Parramatta fan. It's blue and gold with you and Rob and the boys all the time. Can they turn the corner from... 1986 was the last time they had some silverware. It's been a long time. It has been. The last few years have been very up and down as a Parramatta Eels supporter. We've had some some years that have had some great starts and you think everything's going well. And then by the end of the season, um, yeah, it's just not up to scratch. So hopefully they can put it all together uh, in 2021 and, and we'll have some, uh, at least be in the finals this year. Now let's jump to tennis, Jazz. Uh, Djokovic has now broken Federer's record, number one for a record 311 weeks. Amazing. Yeah, it's an astonishing achievement for him to be able to um, beat Federer, which it always throws up the question, who will be the actual GOAT of the game? Mm. So coming coming in, you've got Federer at 310, but I think you also have to take note of uh, Serena's still at 319 weeks at number one. So Serena's still got him another eight weeks. And then if you go back in time, Steffi Graf, uh, had 377 weeks at number one. So he's still got a couple of females there to overtake. He may be the uh, number one on the ATP, but of all time, uh, Steffi Graf still actually has him. Yeah, well, quite appropriate you mentioned Steffi Graf because I, I want to ask you about International Women's Day on Monday, Jaslyn. I, I, I look through your uh, your social media and you're posting photos and Look, uh, you do reflect, everyone looks at themselves and and those around them and I still think to the women in my life, like my late mother and my wife and my daughter and my sister and uh, just just the impact they've had on my life. My mother's still the the greatest person and will be that I ever met in my whole life. Um, But then you look beyond what your life is about and the tennis world, the way that tennis has grown for women since those challenging days of the 40s, the 50s, the 60s and so on. Yeah, and that's where uh, you've got to take your hats off to the likes of Judy Dalton in the original nine and remembering what those ladies did, taking that dollar bill, set up their own uh, Virginia Slims cigarette company uh, tour and that was the uh, start of the WTA tour for women in tennis. Uh, You look at all the Grand Slams, equal paying opportunities. Um, I think tennis has led the way in a lot of aspects with being able to be uh, an equal sport 
sport for males and females. It's it's fantastic to to be included in a sport. I just uh, went to the uh, her sport her way. Um, awards yesterday with the New South Wales state government. It's amazing to see what what level they're celebrating uh, female cricketers in the um, officiating. Actually, finally, yeah. a female uh, umpire is able to um, officiate during a, during a cricket match, not just having uh, an all-boys cl- club. So it's great to see that uh, females are being recognised for their attributes and qualities, and uh, that's why I definitely like to see if you're good enough that you'll actually be given the opportunity. Yeah, I totally agree. Jazz, who, who would just quickly who, who were your idols growing up? Um, I always loved uh, Martina Hingis and Steffi mm. Graf. Um, I think Steffi was an outstanding tennis player. Her movement, her footwork around the court, um, a little bit different to how I personally coach now, but you could see even in those times that her her movement and ability and her athleticism, that was what set her apart from the rest of the pack, which I think is why she's got her 377 yeah. weeks at world number one. Yeah, and speaking of absolute goats, greatest of all time, Roger Federer, finally he's back playing tennis. Yes, so he had his first match overnight um, in, in Qatar at the Qatar Open. Uh, very interesting. He played uh, Daniel Evans, the uh, loudmouth Brit. And uh, Daniel Evans had a really tough first round. So he beat Jeremy Shardy, a French player, in three sets. Um, and then he had to back it up in about 30 degree heat against uh, Feds. And Feds was there for his first match after just over a year of um, being out and two surgeries. Um, Fed's got through that one, 7-5 in the third, which no doubt uh, had something to do with Daniel Daniel Evans being able to back up a match. Um, he, he typically tends to struggle, but um, the elation that you could see on Fed's face just being back out on court and answering questions about if he's actually going to retire again. He's he's not even looking at anything of that. He's, I think, taking it week by week and see how his body holds up. Yeah, I totally agree. And just quickly, um, we mentioned the Joker breaking the record three or 11 weeks, but did you see him partying afterwards um, in Serbia? This is crazy. In the middle of a pandemic, he's partying, carrying on. It just doesn't set a great example, does it? No, it goes back to what he tried to do in June last year when mm. he set up the Adria Open with no, no guidelines, no restrictions on what people can do in the middle of, of as, as you said, a pandemic. If you look at um, the numbers that Serbia are actually having daily, you're up to about 4,500 uh, a couple of days ago of new cases. So just to bring that, I mean, it's, it's a great and Serbs, they're all, always going to support and celebrate uh, their achievements, which is something I love as their country. But just given the times that we're we're in, you, you think you've got to be a bit smarter about it. Yeah, I'll tell you what, he's a great tennis player, but some of his decision making is pretty off the mark. Jaslyn, enjoy the footy and uh, we will chat next week. Sounds good, guys. Afternoon sport. Coming up on Afternoon Sport, we've got the boss of the New South Wales Rugby League, David Trodden, with us. Rugby League, it is back, and I think everyone's pretty excited about it. And uh, for us at Afternoon Sport, we're all looking forward to it. And I know our next guest is the uh, CEO of New South Wales Rugby League, David Trodden. How are you, Trotto? I'm well, Tim. What a great time of the year. Footy's back. Oh, it's brilliant. David's back and uh, it all kicks off tonight. Yeah, so uh, really exciting time uh, when, when the season kicks off. Uh, uh, everybody's in the same position in the table, so full yeah. of anticipation for every single team. And, uh, you know, all levels of football uh, have got a lot to offer. 
um, you know, particularly the New South Wales competitions this year. You know, so much uh, excitement with some of the the players uh, who are playing in the knock-on effect cup. A lot of publicity about Joseph Suwali and a lot of um, anticipation about what his career might hold in the in the coming years. So, uh, you know, excitement at all levels of the game, and um, uh, you know, who knows what's what's going to happen in the uh, NRL competition. Uh, plenty of chances there as well. Yeah, well, I have a connection with New South Wales Rugby League. I love doing work for New South Wales Rugby League. We had the launch of that last week, and that's where it all starts, doesn't it, Trotto? That's where, where that's where the you know these careers begin. Like, obviously, they have their junior footy, but when you get into these other tiered competitions, we're we're going to see Suwali this weekend in a North's jersey, uh, and this guy, you know, if all tracks as it will track. Uh, will be one of the superstars of the game. He'll follow in those footsteps. Yeah, well, pathways are so important in um, in all sporting development. And uh, uh, the, the knock-on effect, uh, New South Wales Cup and the Jersey Flag Cup underneath it, the under-21 competition, they're they, they, such, um, such good competitions with a lot of really talented and highly skilled players. And as you say, Tim, that's when uh, players start to get really serious about their footy. Uh, it's, when, um, it's when coaches and other officials... Uh, start to sort of work out um, those who might have a chance of making it to the elite level, um, you know, and, and those who maybe, uh, uh, you know, don't go much further than, um, than than those really good levels that they're at at that time. And um, the, the, the pathways are really important. They're really interesting for anyone who's a real lover of the game too because it's wonderful to be able to track the progress of a player in any sport and to, to see how they develop over time. And Dave, is that the thought process behind the the, the name of the Knock On Effect Cup? Yeah, well, it, yeah, it's that, and it's a it's a bit of a play on word, Shane. It's mm. um, uh, one one thing we're really strong on at New South Wales Rugby League is using um, our sport as a tool for community good and for social good, mm-hmm. and. Um, uh, Particularly in regional New South Wales, um, uh, road trauma has been such a uh, a big problem, and it's a problem that goes right to the heart of our game. Uh, it's a problem that we confront every weekend in regional New South Wales with teams travelling long, long distances to play uh, a game of footy. And so uh, in circumstances where we can use the profile of our brand um, to deliver some community good, then that's a fantastic thing. Uh, and it's really personal for New South Wales Rugby League as well because, um, as you know, uh, uh, Greg Alexander lost a brother and yep. um, Brad Fittler lost a, a best friend um, in, in an accident that was, uh, you know, getting on towards 30 years ago now. And so uh, it's important for us to be able to uh, turn that negative into a positive and, and, and promote a really positive or a really good community uh, message and save lives uh, with the power of our, our game. Yeah, and it really is an emotional video and, and put together a little while back now, but Greg Alexander and Brad Fittler talking to camera and, and and Greg is so transparent about what happened. He's saying, I don't even know how I played those years afterwards. He was, goes, it was just playing on memory. He, he, he spoke about the devastation of losing his brother back in 1992 and a really powerful, powerful campaign. So look, it's a, it's, it's a great boost Um it's a great boost for for transport for New South Wales and, and a great connection with New South Wales Rugby League. Now, let's turn to the game um, and uh, talk about football. State of origin, Trotto, um, you must be happy that it's back where it belongs in the middle of the year. I know that we got there and the games were played last year and unfortunately Queensland won, but it's good to have it back in the middle of the year. 
Yeah, I mean, that's where it belongs. Um, that's where everybody's comfortable. It sort of had a bit of a, a funny feel about it last year, Tim, like a lot of things did. Uh, certainly, we didn't like the result, but, uh, but 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 very very happy for it to be back in the middle of the year. Looking forward to it, and and confident we'll um, we'll come up with a, a different and successful result this year. Well, no Cam Smith this year, mate. Uh, he's finally announced his retirement, um, and what a what a record the guy had! You know, over four hundred first grade games, the highest point scorer, most goals kicked. Um, we won't miss him playing against him anyway, will we? New South Wales, that's for sure. No, he's had a. You're right. He's had he's had a great he's had a great career, and um, and uh, don't don't miss uh, him not being in the Queensland team. A wonderful, wonderful player, but you know he got a pretty fair replacement there with um, Harry Grant, who yeah. um, I anticipate they'll probably uh, pick in the number nine jersey. So it doesn't matter who Queensland pick. I mean, they're hard. They're hard to beat. The series are always close, and that's what that's what makes them so special. So uh, certainly won't be taking them for granted, and won't be taking uh, won't be taking anything uh, any easier because um, uh, you know Cameron Smith might not be there. Yeah, and hopefully we'll kick their appropriates uh, in 2021 without using the word. But um, yeah, it looks like this template of a third game uh, outside either Sydney or Brisbane is going to be the way it goes forward. Trotto, I think it's a great initiative like it's going to be in Melbourne this year, Adelaide next year, and it does spread the word of the the centrepiece of what rugby league is really. Yeah, I think it's the way of the future, Tim. I'd be very surprised if we ever went back to the format where um, you have um, more than one game in either Queensland or New South Wales. I think there'll always, you know, in, into the future, there'll always be one game in uh, Sydney, one game in Brisbane and one game somewhere else. And, mm. you know, the, the, the game has the potential not just to play in other um, uh, capitals of Australia, um, does a great job when you take the game to Melbourne or to Perth or to Adelaide or places like that because it does spread the word. And, you know, um, despite what people might think, the audiences and the interest in those places is significant in our game. It's significant everywhere. But, you know, there's always the potential, Tim, as well, to go to places like um, uh, New Zealand and Southeast Asia as well for um, a mm. third game. So I wouldn't rule out uh, – I'm, I'm not saying that that's going to happen at any time in the next couple of years, but I wouldn't rule out that possibility at some, st- at some stage in the future either. Hey Dave, I want to uh, I want to say congratulations. We had your new women's coach Kylie Hilda on the show a week or so ago. She's an impressive girl, very well spoken, and um, she seems hungry for uh, success too. Yeah, she's a, she, she's she's great, Shane. As you say, very 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 impressive um, in the way that she presents herself. Impeccable um, uh, footy background in a playing career, and a talented coach as well. And it's been. A bit of a source of frustration for me, Shane, that we, you know, we pat ourselves on the back as a sport and we say how good we are at creating these new pathways for for women players. But uh, we we haven't been quite so good in relation to creating pathways for women coaches. And I I sometimes hear, you know, when are we going to have a woman woman coaching the team? And people say, well, not quite ready yet, not quite ready yet. And I mean, my view of that is, well, when are they going to be ready? And um, uh, Kylie Hilda um, is, is well and truly ready. She was the assistant coach last year of um, the Roosters in the NRLW competition, um, and she's a, she's a wonderful asset for our organisation. She's going to do a fantastic job as the state of origin coach. And, um, you know, she's got a pretty fair assistant there too in Jeff Turvey. 
Yeah, there's, there's got to be an inquiry. Okay, <laughs> Jeff Tuvey, I love it. We have to get him on the show as well. He uh, he still loves loves a laugh about that very famous media conference. All right, Trotto, I know you've got a busy day. So good to talk. Uh, just finally, how nice is it? I, I know we're not through the pandemic, but we can certainly see the world wobbling back to some sort of semblance of normality. Don't mention that word, Tim. We've all got to finish. Try not to. (laughs) (laughs) Now, what we've got, what we've got now, Tim, though, is um, everybody's developed a coping mechanism, haven't they? And um, Mm. and one thing that last year proved was that was that we can get through a season. Mm. Um, We can do it, even if there's a little hiccup here and there. We all have our fingers well and truly crossed and hope that there's not. But there won't be the great, I think there won't be the great sense of panic if, if something does go slightly wrong. We know we can get through it. We, can, we know we can deliver competition safely. And, and so that adds to the expectation, the, the excitement for this year as well, because everybody has, you know, a, a really high degree of confidence that we, that we can cope with whatever comes our way. Well, well said, Dave. Well, thanks again, mate, for coming on the show. And uh, go the Blues this year. And I'll, I'll say it now because they're on top of the competition. Go the Dragons, but I'm not sure they end up there. <laughs> we'll go the, we'll go the Blues anyway. That's right, I know, mate. It's going to be a long year in the red and white. Yeah, I think the Blues will will have a good year. And and just finally, I was at some junior trials for my son yesterday. Where that were cancelled last year, and boy, it was nice. Uh, although I got bitten by a few marsh flies, it was fantastic to watch. Good to talk to you, Trotto. Uh, always a pleasure. Thanks for the opportunity. Coming up on Afternoon Sport, all the latest AFL with Corey McKernan. Stump to Stump is Australia's newest and most interactive cricket platform for all cricket fans, players and clubs to share stories, match results, memories and experiences. Stumptostump.com AFL, we are not far away. Corey McKernan and the grand final, it's back to where it belongs. Yeah, good morning, boys. It's, uh, yeah, back at the traditional time slot, I must say. I'm not too disappointed about the fact that we've gone back to the traditional time slot. I think maybe after the, you know, I mean, the last 12 months with everything, it's just time to take a breath. And I'm just, I don't know, either way, I think we're just happy that we're potentially, we're back at the G, full crowd. Like that's probably the number one priority mm-hmm. first. And look, I, I would love to see, and obviously Shane would have played night games at the MCG and the atmosphere in the MCG would be, unbelievable for night grand final but you know i mean i think we can take a deep breath and just be happy that we've got everything back yeah and, and what's the thought process behind it because i know it's traditional 230 start but you can't argue against the massive tv ratings i have at night so it, it is a big decision by the afl here yeah it is interesting shane that uh the AFL sort of maybe gone against the wishes against uh, what Channel 7 would probably want. So mm. I know Channel 7 would have been pushed, pushing particularly hard. It would have been a, a ratings bonanza last year. Um, but, yeah, look, like I said, I, I, I think sometimes, yeah, in, in today's environment, and I think, it, and we've addressed them on the podcast as well, we're, we're so quick with the rule changes and we want to change all these things all the time. It's like, let's just... Yeah, I could take breath. a deep breath and and see where everything sits. And if we still want to do it next year, and we've had a full uninterrupted season with crowds and everything's back, and then we can sit down. I would love to see it one day, by the way, because I just think the MCG. I don't know whether we can have a bit of a compromise and just go to the twilight. You know, I mean, go around sort of four or five o'clock. And one thing I've always laughed about, boys, is. Uh, when the AFL have fireworks during the daytime, I've found that fireworks don't work that well at daytime. So 
I've always had a bit of a giggle about that. Yeah, meat, meatloaf doesn't work that well during the daytime either sometimes. Saying meatloaf around AFL people, it's a bit like don't mention the wall. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, it's exactly it's like Billy Idol at an NRL grand final. And for those that aren't in on the joke, meatloaf did not have his finest moment when he was booked for uh, a performance at an AFL grand final. And, of course, Billy Idol, we remember, waiting for some power. We've had some interesting moments in the entertainment at Australian grand finals. Now, what about some of these rules? changes, Corey, uh, Patrick Dangerfield, superstar of the game, sort of worried about injuries, um, particularly in and around the length of quarters? Yeah, it was interesting. I went out to GWS and Sydney last week, which, by the way, was a very healthy crowd out at uh, GWS last weekend. And I think the size of the crowd maybe caught um, a few people off guard. But the one thing, even I noticed as a fan going to the game, it took me a little while to adjust the length of the quarters and I don't know that that is why it is going to be definitely an issue in the game that you know with the longer quarters and they're really big on the other rule change that people are probably not aware of if they're going to limit the the amount of interchanges they can make well you don't have to be a rocket scientist to understand that there could be a, a, a big chance for injury so it's probably one to keep an eye out as the as the season kicks off next week. Can I ask a quick question? I've always wanted to know this, Corey, because I've, I've got no idea why they do it because sports are a lot about momentum. What, what do most teams, when they kick a goal, they, they run straight off the field? I don't get that. Now, Shane, if you're playing on me yeah. and like, like if I – yeah, you probably would. <laughs> probably would. I, I can tell by the way you're built. You'd be very a big power forward. <laughs> but you being the power forward, if you've just kicked a goal and I'm, I'm playing on you – and I've never understand and understood the thought process that you would then run off the ground. I'd be standing there as a defender, very happy. happy. Yeah. I'd be taking a – it's like you taking a wicket and going, all right, Shane, go down and stand down at fine leg. You've had, a, you've had a spell. I've never, ever understood it, and it's quite interesting. Like imagine telling someone like Wayne Carey that or yeah. Buddy Franklin. Or, have you ever noticed, by the way, that those guys don't do it? No, I haven't noticed that, but it's just got to be just lazy coaching, doesn't it? I don't think it is. I, I think they're trying to outsmart themselves, to tell you the truth. And, uh, and and I understand there may be some sort of science about it, but as you know from sport, yep. you can't replace the fact of, about feeling good. I agree. Totally agree. I don't get that one anyway. Yeah, I reckon we need to get the video rolling and get you two guys in your gear and uh, and just live this out. We'll need, to, we'll, we'll need to live this out. Shane Lee now on Corey McKernan and Lee gets one through the Calico Post. I think I'd just probably punch Shane in the back of the head and that'd be good. <laughs> I tell you what, I don't like these longer quarters. That's not going to be good. <laughs> you might need to go to the chiropractor, but I put myself in that same position. Just finally, Toby Green. Um, look, he's a controversial player. You mentioned you're up in Sydney watching GWS play the other day. Uh, an interesting little story around him. Yeah, it is. Uh, and look, just as a, a side story, I was actually talking to Jason McCartney about him. So Jason McCartney, for those that don't know, is the footy manager at um, GWS. And I think I remarked after Toby Green had kicked the goal from the, like a, a check side banana from the boundary line. And I know that there was that note that you're alluding to that he'd, I think he'd written as a, a younger man, which you did have a bit of a chuckle about, but even Jace was mentioning about his growth and development and how, saying how much he'd matured. And he'd obviously come from a bit of a rough background, but he said he's just coming on in leaps and bounds in terms of his leadership and how he goes about it at GWS. And 
yeah, it was a it was a very funny note. For those that haven't seen it, you can probably get online and, and just Google um, Toby Green. But it was a, a a quite prophetic note about how Toby would go about it in the future. Yeah, the AFL players should not show a bad example. It basically was what he was saying. <laughs> well, he was right. Well, he well he was. But it's <laughs> like I said. I think look, Toby Toby's always going to play on the on the edge, and that's one thing that is the strength of his game. But there's just different times. When Toby can go that little bit extra that he goes way too far, but I think he's he's found the way to get the balance right. All right, Corey, it's always good to talk. We can't wait for next week. And Carlton and Richmond, of course, uh, fifty thousand. But you know, with the way it's going, hopefully we'll start to see more and more crowds allowed. And let's hope by the end of the season we have a hundred thousand people at the games. Talk soon, bud. No worries, guys. Have a great day. Take care, mate. I'm off to practice some banana kicks. <laughs> <laughs> see you, mate. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. We'll be with you Monday to Friday every week. Hit subscribe on your podcast app. Big thank you. Jaslyn Hewitt, Corey McKernan, David Trodden. And remember, go to Apple and review our podcast. Take a screenshot of it and then tag us in on Twitter. You could be the new owner of a signed Spartan cricket bat by Chris Gale, the best T20 player in the world. And they're great sponsors of ours, aren't they, Shane Spartan? They are, mate. www.spartansportshq.com. And thank you very much to our producer, Dan McHugh. We'll see you tomorrow. We'll see you then, guys. Take care.